As I mentioned at the beginning of the week, that not having the time to be able to send out the Dvartar at the end of Pesach, um, therefore I decided that I would try to send out two this week. And at the beginning of the week, we sent out something connected to Sphere Seimer. And Bez Hashem today, we'll try to send something out connected to this week's passion. Now, being that this year is not a leap year, so in Sefer Vayikra and Ramidbar and certain places in Sefer Dvarim, we have double parishes to make up for the weeks that don't uh, that fill up that extra month that we usually have when, when we have another Shani. And this week is one of those weeks where we have a double header, Kazir Matsaira, which talks about the um, the Avera of Lashon Hara and the process of of things that happen to a per- the how everything happens, how a person becomes person becomes Tame when he speaks Lashon Hara, what happens to his body with his guf, and how he does he atone from that, when is he ready to atone for that, and when there's <clears throat> there's uh, leprosy in his body, in his clothing, in his, in his house, in all different places that are affected by a person speaking Lashon Hara. Now there's a Pesach in Tehillim, in Perik Chof, the David Melech um, cries out in distress that God Baruchu to be answered. He says, Hashem Atzila Nafshi Misras Sheker Milashon Rabia. Hashem save my my Nishon, my soul from lying lips and from a tongue that's full of of deceit, of trickery, of uh, of uh, Rabia, of uh, trickery. Ma'itein Lucha Umayesuf Lucha Lashon Rabia. What can, can, can he give you? What can Hashem give you, as she explains, to be a shmira on this deceitful tongue to make sure that this tongue shouldn't have the ability to be able to do the damage that it does? You're like a sharp arrow, strong sharp arrow, mighty sharp arrow, as she explains, just like an arrow can be in one place if it send damage out very far away. You can shoot out the very far away, so to the tongue that winds up speaking incorrectly has an effect, it can have an effect to a very far distance. What the second part of the Pasuk says, in Gachali Rishamim, it winds up being the coals that come from, from wood that's, that's rotten, from rotten wood. Because those coals are coals that even after the, the outside of the coal is not Shining red anymore, the insides are still very, very hot inside. And that's also the Lashon Hara over here as well. The effect of the Lashon Hara doesn't just go away after it's said, it lasts for, you know, lasts for a while and keeps on burning and having, having its effect. Now, this Pasik in Tehillim, the Gemara in Erechen has a, has a few, you know, a few, uh, a few, a few sugars here. And quotes and different things are quoted uh, things referring to the Isra of Lashon Har in Perik Shlishi in Erech and Tazvava Mebeis so Gemara says like this, Gemara brings the Pasuk what can I add to you what can Hashem add to you to be a Shmira to be able to hold off the Lashon <coughs> Ramiya, this insightful tongue from doing the damage that it does Amalek HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lashon Gemara says, "It's a shame of Yechonim Mishum of Yesi Ben Zimra." Says like this: "Amar lo Yakadosh Baruch Hu leLashon." Yakadosh Baruch Hu says to the tank, "Kol Eivar Shal Adam Zekufin." All the limbs of a person are in a vertical position, standing up. Bilata Mutah. If you are in a horizontal position, Malayan position, right, the tank is flat 
inside our mouth, even in, in the in horizontal position. All the other limbs of a person are on the outside. But you stay inside. Not only do I keep you inside, I surrounded you by two walls as a shmirah, as a guarding, to make sure that you shouldn't be doing anything dangerous. One that's made out of bone, one that's made out of flesh. The one that's made out of the bones is the teeth that a person has that surround, that, uh, surround his tongue. And the lips are the ones that are made out of flesh. So there are two barriers, two walls, to uh, to to be able to to watch over a person that you shouldn't come to speak lashon um, or to speak sheker or to speak ramia to be in any way of deceit. Now, the Ruben Ruben to tell the sefer, he comes to explain what's the pshat those walls those gardens. You know, look at it, not a very very strong guard just because a person has teeth around him. Well, how does that stop the tongue from doing the damage that it does? It's not like an iron wall that a person has there. So he says the actual point is really a message to a person. Because we really see that a child who's born, before, before he's able to talk, doesn't have teeth. He only gets teeth when he starts to become of age, when he starts to learn how to talk. Because until a person doesn't, uh, when a person's not talking, he doesn't have the danger of having to have that guard around him to have those teeth. Once he gets old enough where he's able to start learning how to talk, that's where the teeth have to start coming in to be able to grow. And in order to be, able to be a message to him, you have to watch your tongue. So it's not necessarily the strength of the of the teeth, but it's the message from the teeth and the, and the lips that are, are, that are letting a person know that your tongue has to be kept under closed guard and not to let it go ahead and do what it wants. Now he brings from Rav <coughs> That he that's, that points out in the, from the Chavetz Chaim that Chavetz Chaim in, in the uh, beginning of the Chavetz Chaim <coughs> talks about the dangers that a person can wind up encountering when his tongue is not being used properly. A person speaking Lashon Hara and not speaking properly. The Chavetz Chaim tells us over there that you can have a person that's davening and he's learning and he's doing very very positive things. With his mouth. And when a person goes ahead and speaks Lashon Hara, that winds up counteracting everything that he did. It can wind up um, disqualifying the learning that he does, and it can wind up disqualifying the tefillah that winds up coming out from his mouth. And a person can wind up putting a whole strong tefillah that goes and 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 the Lashon Hara, which he speaks, can wind up counteracting that and making it not be able to be effective. And the same thing with the, 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 the learning that a person does. The person can go ahead and to think that he's really, uh, you know, um, you know, <coughs> he's really, you know, getting much schar and, and from the mitzvah that he's doing, from Limit Atar and everything that he's doing. But with the Lashon Hara that a person winds up speaking, he wind up disqualifying that and then he'll wind up finding out that he's an empty, an empty vault. And what he thought that he was, he was being able to be able to, to build up his schar. Now, I, <coughs> It's an interesting story to be able to illustrate the point. There's a story that he once heard when he was in Borough Park. He tells the following story. Now, the, he called it the King of Germany, maybe it's the President, the Prime Minister, I don't know what, what exactly what, what the title of the person who rules over Germany is, but he, he went to, to Russia for a, uh, you know, to have some type of a meeting over there. 
and he went with his old, his, you know, his old, all his officers and everybody went with him to go to Russia. And in Russia, they uh, they prepared for him a whole feast, They're having the, the the king of the head of Germany coming to Russia. So then it's gonna then, then they have to be able to honor him. They made a whole uh, feast. And one of the delicacies that they served is something that we're all familiar with, that we usually don't have it in the same format that they served it then, was a delicacy that we would call kishka. Kishka, we have it now, as most of the, many of us have it now, is the power of a kishka that's made out of flour and vegetables and spices and things like that that we often put into our chomp. But uh, real kishka is something that's made from the intestines of the of the behemoth, that they they stuff the intestines of the behemoth with flour and spices and all different types of things, and that was considered a big delicacy in Russia. And they served it to the German uh, king, and he loved it. It was he just enjoyed it so so much. The the, the, the cook of that the that made the kishka in in Russia did such a good job that the king of the king of Germany just decided, you know, we gotta we have to get this recipe over here. We have to be able to bring it into our king, you know, into our uh, into Germany and be able to serve it to all the people that come to visit us over there. So he calls over his one of his officers and tells, Listen, you have to speak to the head of the kitchen and you have to get this recipe, but you know, we're Germans and we have to do everything Yakish. It has to be exactly to the T of what it is and t- take it down and we get back to, to Germany and we're going to have this as a delicacy where we need to honor people. So the the officer goes and sits with the head of the kitchen and he writes everything down. The cook of the, I guess it was the cook of the, of Germany that went to speak to the uh, cook in Russia. He gets all the <coughs> ingredients, how much pepper, how much pepper, how much, how much sugar, how much garlic, how much flour, everything all together. And he gets the recipe, they go back to Germany. Then it came to a certain point where somebody, a different uh, king or prime minister, came to Germany to come to have a meeting with the head of Germany. And the uh, he wanted to make a suga to honor the uh, person that came there. So he had a whole big suga. And he told this cook, you know what, we're going to make that, ki- that, 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 uh, that delicacy that we had when we were in Russia. No problem. He goes ahead and he prepares the whole thing. He follows the whole recipe, does everything exactly. And he brings it into the thing. There's like a whole tray full of it. He brings it inside and put it on the table. And they put it on the table. And and, and the king, everyone starts eating from it. And then they almost really just, like, they couldn't handle it. It tasted awful. And they, you know, just, like, had to throw it out of their mouths. And they had to go ahead and to, to, <clears throat> to you know, uh, wash out their mouths and to brush their teeth. And it was just it was impossible to be able to deal with, the, with, the, with this decayed, Taste of the of the, of, the, of the kishka that he served, so that you know the king of, of Germany was so angry at his officer, the, the head of the kitchen. He runs into the kitchen and starts telling him, "You should just know that I should really have your life for this and for doing such a thing like that. And you go ahead and embarrass me like this. You almost tried to kill us with this food over here. You deserve to be killed." He says, "I promise you. I'm telling you, I did everything exactly according to the recipe that should have been done to make this." Kishka over here, and I'm and I'm, I'm I, I didn't leave a thing out. I'll, I'm telling, I'll show you. I did exactly what it was. I don't know what could have gone wrong. She says, you know what? I'll tell you what. You're gonna have to fly back now to Russia, and you're gonna have to go there and sit with the sit again and find out what you did and what he did and what's the difference to be able to fix that up. Now this head of the kitchen was happy to hear at least he's not gonna get killed. So he's more than happy to go back to Russia to go ahead and take care of this. 
So he gets on the he gets on the plane, he goes back to Russia, and he's sitting there, and he says, Listen, it just didn't work out. It was awful. Everyone uh, almost got killed for this. He says, Let me see what you wrote down. What's there? He shows him the whole thing. And he says, Yeah, that's exactly what I'm not telling you any secrets. This is exactly what should be done. There's no reason why it shouldn't have worked out. He says, No, I don't know. And all of a sudden the clerk from Russia stops for a second. He says, One second, before you made the Kishka, right? You know, what did you do exactly? How did you go out of it? He goes, well, I just ground everything up. I ground up the meat. I ground up the bread. I ground up the, you know, the, I ground up the flour and then, then I put the paprika in and you know, everything in there. And I filled up the, the intestine and I, and I cooked it. He goes, you fool. You're filling up the intestine of an animal. Do you know how, how, how filthy and dirty that is? You can't just go ahead and to fill that up with food and go ahead and serve that. You have to go ahead and how many times I have to wash it and to cleanse it and to purify it and to make sure that there's nothing there that could be of any type of diseases or anything that's there before I would even think of filling, filling everything up. And therefore that's why you, you know, you, you ruined the whole thing because you left it, you served them a, a regular intestine, which is something which is absolutely, you know, they know that's <laughs> definitely distasteful. Explains the Kirill like this. He says you can have a situation where everything seems right. The person's learning, the person's davening, the person's doing mitzvahs, the person's doing all different types of things. But if you wind up putting into the whole system a mouth that's not clean, a mouth that's deceitful, a mouth that's speaking Lashon Hara, a mouth that's that's taking away the whole achdus of Yisrael, even though you have all the other ingredients there, but it could disqualify them. That's the danger of the tongue that we have inside us. The tongue which is so powerful, which can accomplish and do such positive things with the Torah that we learn, the tefillahs that we can daven, with the compliments that we can give people, with the ches that we can wind up doing with our tongue. And if we take that powerful tool and we use it the right way, we can bring the Yeshua to Klai Yisrael. But on the flip side, chas v'shol, if a person doesn't use that tongue properly and he uses it for Lashon Hara, for things which are, impro- uses it for improper talk, he uses it for, 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 for Sheker, and then that tongue, which is so dangerous, is the power of that sword and those coals, which can wind up piercing, and can burn, and can destroy. And that's why we have to have the teeth around it, and the lips around it, to be that guard, to remind us of it all the time. And that's really a continuation of what we talked about in the beginning of the week, about the, <coughs> the Talib of Rabbi Akiva, it was also a situation where there were 24,000 Talmidim and they were all Talmidim Chachamim. But on some level, there was something missing in the covered zealous. Yeah? That's dangerous. That's dangerous. So let's try the Bibi Chazik now during this period of the Sphere's Aymer. From what we learned from the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, what we learned from the parasha, you know, to strengthen and to guard our tongues and with that way to be able to make our learning more quality. Qualitative, and to make our tefillahs filled with more quality, and all our mitzvahs to be full of more quality. With that, to be able to free ourselves, to bring ourselves to Maimon Harsinai, Kabbalah Satara, Shuas Bez Hashem, and Bez Hashem to bring us also and very, very soon to the Gula Shleimah. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and Kov.